Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 75 Workplace Harassment. I've talked about uh, discrimination in terms of hiring compensation, use of medical marijuana, and even gun possession, but I haven't really talked about workplace harassment. Now, these may seem like the same thing, and they're often talked about interchangeably, but they're different. In simple terms, the difference between discrimination and harassment is discrimination is a form of bias committed by the company. For example, you didn't hire someone because of their race, whereas harassment is bias committed by by an individual within or an employee of the company. And that's what we'll learn about on this episode of Small Biz Brainiac. Let's rock this. Harassment is unwelcome conduct that's based on color, race, religion, sex, pregnancy, national origin, age, disability, or genetic information. And harassment becomes unlawful where enduring the offensive conduct becomes a condition of continued employment or where the conduct is severe or pervasive enough to create a work environment that a reasonable person would consider intimidating, hostile, or abusive. And here's a great example. And this is believed to be the largest harassment claim in U.S. history. This is the story of a 45-year-old UCLA and Yale-educated Armenian woman who worked for Mercy General Hospital in Sacramento, California as a cardiac surgery physician's assistant. Ms. Chaporian was fired for failing to show up for an on-call shift and for sleeping on the job. Legitimate reasons, if true and if consistently applied. Now, during her two-year employment, she filed 18 written complaints for things like patient safety, sexual harassment, and violations of mills and break rules. After she was fired, the hospital didn't take away her right to work at the hospital. And about a year after being fired, she found work with a physician who performed surgeries at Mercy General, as well as other local hospitals. But after one of her depositions in her case against the hospital, they revoked that privilege, causing her to lose her new job i.e. retaliation. We'll fast forward to the 11-day trial. Ms. Chaporian testified of being tormented and sexually harassed by surgeons and medical staff for the entire term of her employment. A federal court jury found that Mercy Hospital had engaged in sexual harassment, retaliation, wrongful termination, intentional interference with her job search, defamation, and mill and rest break violations. And they gave her a $168 million verdict consisting of economic, emotional distress, and punitive damages. That's a huge amount. So preventing workplace harassment should be on your radar. It's not hard to do. You just need a policy that is clearly communicated and accompanied by regular training. An important part of your no-tolerance policy is a complaint process. This process needs to make it easy for your employees to use, a process where they can feel free to raise their concerns. What's more important 
is taking the right follow-up action immediately. Your employees need to be confident that you'll actually address their concerns. This is where Mercy General really dropped the ball. They had no follow-up. They didn't do anything about the complaints. The EEOC recommends that you encourage your employees to tell the harasser directly that the conduct is unwelcome and must stop. That's in addition to letting you know. Now, you're automatically liable for your supervisor's harassment, and you can only avoid that liability if you prove that you reasonably tried to prevent and that you promptly attempted to correct the harassing behavior and that the employee unreasonably failed to take advantage of any preventative or corrective opportunities that you provided. Now, you can also be liable for harassment by non-supervisory employees or even non-employees that you control, like independent contractors or on-premises customers. That is, if you knew or you should have known about the harassment and you failed to take prompt and appropriate corrective action. Our recent New Jersey court ruling has effectively increased the cost of harassment claims in that state. Now, you know I'm not a lawyer, but I'm going to try and explain this. In this case, two brothers were employed by the same company, and both of them had senior-level positions, and they were subjected to executive-level harassment based on their nationality. So they sued the company and one key executive, and they won. The jury awarded them $2.5 million, but $1.4 million of that was for emotional distress. So emotional distress awards typically aren't that large. And while the EEOC says that there isn't any specific formula... There are award amount standards based on the type of emotional distress and its nature and duration. In a previous New Jersey case that was referenced in this case, the award for emotional distress was sent back to the trial court by the appeals court for reconsideration because it was considered excessive and constituted a quote-unquote miscarriage of justice. And in that case, the award was only $100,000. But the judge in the Miller case said that in order to modify the jury's decision, it had to, quote, shock the judicial conscience, meaning it is, quote, wide of the mark, pervaded by a sense of wrongness, and manifestly unjust to sustain, end quote. So basically, his decision opened the door to allow larger emotional distress jury awards to go kind of unscrutinized. So get your harassment policy in place. Communicate it and train your employees on it, especially your supervisors. Well, there you have it. Workplace harassment. And hey, if you like this podcast, go to iTunes and give it a rating and review. It only takes a few minutes and I would really appreciate it because the more reviews, the better the podcast ranks and the more people will find it. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.